podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Richie. Maybe on Walker. Pugh. Pugh! That'll do it! That will do it! Pugh for Bournemouth! The roof of the gold sands is raised! Everyone here knows what that could mean to this football club. So hello and welcome to a very different episode of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis and with me this week is Mr. Jeff Hayward. Jeff, how are you? Bit bored. (laughs) Not surprised, not surprised. Well, as you can gather, there will be many C words being mentioned on this podcast. A little bit of Crystal Palace, a little bit of cherries, a little bit of coronavirus. Uh, But don't worry, there won't be any Boris Johnson You can get where I'm going with that. Um, On this podcast, though, we've still got a good hour of content for you, which includes a chat with Scott Scotty Dog Mitchell, the former BDO darts champion who is starting to make waves in the PDC. I actually went over to his house last week, threw a few darts and chatted all things darts and Dean Court with him, finding out his opinion on the season so far. Uh, Jeff, is is darts going to be something that you're going to be partaking in the next few weeks just to fill the void? Uh, I'm not a natural, put it that way. No, nor am I, and uh, that was very evident in the week. Uh, But anyway, as well as this, we've got a little extra something that is going to while away the days on Twitter. Um, We've been spending a long time over this, and it will involve each and every one of you at home having your say. So if you've not followed us yet please do. We are at AFCB podcast. That's our Twitter handle. Uh, So if you don't have an account, you can sign up at twitter.com and just find AFCB podcast. So, The announcement was made from the government on Thursday that the response to the outbreak will be delay rather than containment and everything would carry on as usual. But then within hours or minutes even, the Premier League's hand was forced due to the news that Callum Hudson-Odoi and Mikhail Arteta were said to have tested positive for the coronavirus. As a result, professional fixtures were suspended until the start of April at least. All accumulators were refunded. Our £20.47 in the funnel forecast uh, bank account, that's gone back to us. So Cherries fans were also scratching their heads at what the hell to do on their Saturday afternoon. The good news was that there was some football locally, by the way, of the New Forest derby. Uh, The Terrors were were in action as well. Uh, There was a Cherry link as well, as Josh McCoy netted for them, actually, in their 2-0 win win over Slough Town. But other than that, Jeff, it was a it was a hellish weekend, wasn't it? Uh, it? It's not just football either. It's all sport. So any sport fan out there, we realise what a great distraction it is to watch any game. And mm. I think um, it's inevitable. And I don't want to go into the bigger sort of COVID-19 conversation, but how it affects football and how it affects our club. I think that's that's really important. And mm. um yeah, I'm sure we'll go on to talk about that in a minute, but uh, dull was uh, was not a word strong enough to describe Saturday no. afternoon. Empty. No, completely. Now, one of the best places to be in a breaking news situation is, is usually Twitter. However, on this occasion, I found it a pretty bad place to be, given all of a sudden everyone seemed to be have a PhD. They seem to gain a PhD overnight and were lecturing everyone on the consequences of the government action. Everyone keeps talking about it. Um, there is a lot of hysteria about it. Of course, we've got to take it seriously because there are vulnerable people out there. Um, it's interesting because some people think the government are doing the right thing. Others think they're doing the wrong thing. But whatever stance you take, I think we can all agree that people who are hoarding toilet roll are absolute tosspots. I just don't I just don't understand it. Even in my Sainsbury's local, I went in, Jeff, and I thought it was one of these Twitter things that people maybe go into certain stores and, and find it. But even in my local convenience store, no toilet roll. I mean, at one point, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd have to move on to plenty kitchen rolls. 
same for me. And in fact, the local Asda, where we are, there was a fight over toilet rolls. No. And uh, it's not just toilet rolls, pasta as well seems to yeah. have, there seems to be a, a run on pasta, which is weird. Uh, and I noticed that uh, confectionery seems to be going as well. So all we can imagine is that people are sitting at home eating spaghetti and chocolate and um, <laughs> spending a lot of time in the toilet. Yeah, that's right. Well, the the Premier League decided to uh, rightly suspend its fixtures based on uh, the sort of footballing side of things. Um, even at AFC Bournemouth, Arthur Boric was showing signs consistent with coronavirus and five members of staff also seem to be affected too. And Jeff, with... La Liga suspended, Ligue 1 matches suspended in France, Italy on lockdown. Did the eventual suspension come as a surprise to you? I think events moved really quickly. As soon as that uh, hudson Adoy and Arteta news broke, it, it mm. was inevitable. Um, I was really surprised that Wolves were made to travel to Olympiacos. Yeah. And I thought those Europa League games on Thursday were... It was very strange decisions from UEFA. Mm. And I think what you're getting a sense of is UEFA aren't really in control. All the leagues mm. are making their own independent decisions. Uh, Italy obviously moved first. And I think in Italy, it feels like they're about two weeks ahead of where we are. So they cancelled mm. their league fixtures. The first first cancellations were a couple of weeks back and ours sort of happened Round now, round now, which is no mm. surprise. I think if you look at that timeline, I think what's really interesting is they've cancelled up till April the third at the moment in the Premier yeah. League. But if you map what is going to happen to the virus and where that is going to go, we're not going to reach peak until the middle of May. I don't yeah. think. No, and, that's right. And then okay, so the implications of that are really very significant and very significant for our club too. Mm, for sure. So, yeah, I was watching some of those European games and it was, it was a really bizarre atmosphere. The um, Was it the Man United game against Lesk played behind closed doors? They won 5-0, but you could hear this kind of random chanting. Some of it was coming from outside the ground. Um, it was just really weird, very soulless when they scored. Um, and that was one of the... That was one of the options that people were saying uh, before the news about Mikhail Arteta uh, came out. Um, but playing matches behind closed doors, I don't think it's anything that anyone really wants to see. I mean, as it is, would we see them? Apparently they would maybe reverse the 3pm block out. But it's not exactly fair, is it? Because each and every team has got their home advantage. So, so to play matches behind closed doors, it's, it's not great. Yeah, precisely. And I, I I think it just destroys the the nature of the competition to Ooh. to play games behind closed doors. I mean, the the home fans play a role, whether you like it or not, it's home advantage. And home advantage mm. counts because you've got all the fans behind your side. Makes a difference mm. on the pitch. To play games behind closed doors completely neutralises that. Um, and it's 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 not proper football, is it? No, that's right. And even in sort of European competition, I, I question where some matches like first legs have been played in front of a crowd, then the second leg hasn't. Where's your home advantage after that? And then, you know, why is it more of an advantage to score an away goal in that case if it's neutralised? There are lots of different uh, scenarios that can be thought of um, with regards to the behind uh, closed door scenario. But yeah, as it is, uh, the fixtures were postponed. We were due to play Crystal Palace and I was actually looking forward to that fixture, Jeff, because I thought everything was going our way. You saw the training video, didn't you, of David Brooks coming back, Dan Juma. Obviously, we had no Steve Cook, but I was really looking forward to it. Oh, it was going to be a massive game. And I think the momentum with those players training, uh, whether they might have made the bench, might have been quite an interesting call for Eddie. Uh, it, it, it felt like that was a game we could win. And I, I, I just feel... Now, what happens next? Mm. If if yeah. those those games become, let's say we get back to play it after April the third, and those games become midweek games, it it on on the one hand it means that those players will ultimately be fitter, mm. presumably. Although, how on earth do you carry on training in isolation, and, yeah. and how is that going to work? You know, it's it it it's I struggle to see how we can get those fixtures done within the current timelines. 
the the word is that uh, the Euro 2020 championships are pretty much nailed on to get postponed. Yeah. And um, that then would allow the league, uh, the Premier League, to uh, delay fixtures even further than they currently are. But that presents other problems and the biggest one I think that not many people seem to be talking about is that most players are contracted until the 30th of June. Mm. Yeah, that's right. So what happens with the Ryan Fraser situation, for instance? Um, will, he, will he actually be able to play for us even mm. if, go, if fixtures go beyond that? And that is a massive issue, I think, for a lot of Premier League clubs. You know, they'll be playing with uncontracted players mm. who might just refuse to play, I guess. It, it seems to be universally regarded that this kind of best case scenario of start of April is, is probably not going to happen. And when you see the gr- the graphs that are published with the sort of peaks and troughs of this virus, you know, this uh, you know delay phase is supposed to move it on. Now, the reason why they're doing it is to give um, a little bit of sort of manageability in terms of the numbers for the NHS, because obviously they're going to be under strain. I've got uh, your friends who are nurses and even now they're up to their eyes and they do a magnificent job. But, you know, it it seems like it's only going to get worse. So how on earth are they going to be playing these matches when this virus is still around? I I can't see it happening. So there are a number of scenarios that could happen. Watching Football Focus um, yesterday, you heard a number of opinions and Karen Brady's been on social media saying Mm -hmm. what she thinks about it. Um, But yeah, obviously the first thought is that we postpone for now and pick it up in April probably unlikely to happen as you say the euros are likely to be put back so okay scenario number one end the season as it is now why can't we do that i think we can't do that because we'd get relegated (laughs) yeah yeah that's the main reason but Um, but also it's unfair because aston villa have not have played a game less so that you know they could get out of trouble yeah um yeah no, and I and I think the Premier League is very conscious about having uh, uh, its um, backside sued yes. for that as Big well. Um, and I I think that just it won't won't stand up in court. Any club that gets relegated, mm. I mean, we stand to lose uh, what hundred million yeah. through not being in the Premier League. If you know, in terms of income. And you are not going to allow the Premier League to get away with a decision that is... No, exactly. And I think the integrity of the competition would be under massive scrutiny and dispute. I mean, we were resting certain players against Liverpool, like Josh King. Apparently, he could have played against Liverpool, but we were resting him because we thought we could use him against uh, Crystal Palace in the next game. So it's... You know, I think that's a scenario that many people are discounting. But of course, some of the people who um, feel very hard done by are Liverpool fans, you know, regardless of the situation, because there's also a a chance that it could be voided. Well, that, I think, presents other issues. Um, Liverpool being 25 points ahead, they only need to win one more to be mathematically crowned champions. I mean, if they don't win it this season, that would be a disgrace, I think. Yeah. No matter no matter which side you support, so um, I think. But I think the voiding issue presents problems for teams that are well, due to get promoted. Yeah. I mean, Leeds, Leeds, and West Brom. Uh, West Brom are what six points clear of third place at the moment, and I'd feel pretty hard done by if I was a Leeds fan, top of that championship, having yeah. you know put five wins together in a row now, not to get promoted. Mm. Um, can I see that happening? No. Mm. Um, I also um, believe that they are meeting next Thursday, the Correct. Premier League, where they're actually going to make these decisions. UEFA meets on Tuesday, where they're going to formally cancel the Euros. I'm pretty pretty mm. sure about that. And on Thursday, I think one of the options that might get considered would be to stop playing now, have the team that is top and the teams that are in the promotion places, actually they can get promoted mm. and they can win the title. But having the uh, relegated sides don't get relegated, they mm. stay in the division. And I think the teams that lose out in that would be the one playoff place in each yes. of the three divisions. But that to me probably makes more sense than a complete voiding of the season. Yeah. Be- because you could then you know, have four teams relegated from the Premier League for the next two seasons, have more fixtures and actually 
you know that that wouldn't create a, too many issues i don't think yeah yeah i agree now the way uh, myself and jeff are talking obviously there are wider and more important issues than just the, you know the sport itself obviously you know there are vulnerable people but obviously during this podcast we are just talking about it on a football level uh, so do make sure you wash your hands and do all you have to do so don't think that we are brushing over this your subject or trying to you, you sort of minimalize it by talking about football in this way because it, it obviously is very important to uh, listen to the government sort of guidelines on this but yeah you know there are there are several issues and also the european places as well jeff you know who qualifies for the champions league well i think i think that again is a huge issue if i'm a sheffield united or a wolves fan mm. or a manchester united fan you know they've got a chance to make it in the champions league next year yeah, what what on earth are UEFA going to do about that? I can't see, I can't I can't see a route out of it. Mm. Uh, I'm afraid. Um, so, yeah, it's really, it, really tricky. And also, the other thing we we shouldn't forget that the broadcasters are hugely important in mm. football. You know, the money that comes from the broadcasters really important to funding a lot of clubs, um, and they are going to have a say because revenues for them are going to be. You know, massively hit with the last, uh, for the last sort of six to eight weeks, get voided or or stopped. Yeah. Um, surely, I think surely actually the the biggest priority will be try and get this season finished. Mm. I'm just struggling to see practically how they can do that. Yeah, time-wise. I mean, some people have been suggesting merging the season, so you're basically starting next season with the end of this one. But I don't know. There's um there is a going to be a lot to you know come out of it. I mean, apparently some people are saying that there's a 75% chance that the season will be voided, um, in which case, I mean, it's, it's good news for AFC Bournemouth. If Leeds and West Brom get promoted, fine, but obviously that's a smaller chunk of TV money that goes to each of those sides. But, um, you know, relatively it's not, you know, a major difference when it's just two extra teams. I, I feel for the clubs that are in the mix for third place or, well, the playoff place, but... Um, that's always a lottery as it is. So there's there's only one team that misses out and it's not like uh, you can say it's going to be a certain team. So obviously the top two, they would feel very, you know, aggrieved at missing out. And if, you know, if Bournemouth got relegated on the fact that, yeah, let's stop the season right now. Well, I mean, there would be lawsuits all over the place, as you say. So yeah. that's something that's been mooted in the German league as well, I think, expanding the field by another two teams and then having more teams being relegated on the subsequent season. But the scenario that we're in is absolutely unprecedented. Now, there's there's been another scenario that someone has said there should be some playoff matches to decide the fate of Europe and relegation. No way. How are you going to do that? I mean... God knows. It, it, no, no. It, it, honestly, that that they're going to be looking for uh, clarity on Thursday. They're going to be looking for something that's got everybody on board because mm. the the risk of there being uh, legal action from so many parties in all of this is is huge. And I, I just hope that people are sensible and, and realise that it is an unprecedented situation. Let's just try and resolve it in the best way that we possibly can with the greatest clarity and simplicity because also the players have got to have a break you know yeah, you can't right. expect them to and and also actually here's another thing after let's say they take four weeks off hmm. and they're all in isolation maybe they've got personal trainers going in and working with them but they're not hmm. going to be doing team training sessions because that's not going to be possible no so what are you going to do? You could then you'd need to have a minimum, I'd say, of four weeks of a team training together to get yeah. back to where you were. Otherwise, yeah. it's it's like it's like the summer break now, and you expect them to go straight back to playing straight away yeah. after that. It's not it's, it's not realistic. Surely a lot of it's going to be dictated by what uh, happens with the Euros. I mean, the, it looks likely, as you say, that it's going to get pushed back to 2021. Um, but surely it's got to be, because if it wasn't going to shift, then there is no way that this season will be completed on time. And, you know, it, it would have to be voided or pushed on to the following season, um, which I, I just can't see happening. So it's a it, it's a really bizarre situation that we're in now, isn't it? Um yeah. Have you got like any idea how you're going to be planning your days? Um, <laughs> Trips to IKEA. Uh, do you know? I think I think um, I haven't really thought that far. I've been yeah. I'm adding loads of movies to my Netflix uh, yeah. list this morning, <laughs> um, and yeah, taking the dog for a lot more walks. I guess it's it's mm. it's going to be it's going to be a really 
um, fascinating next few weeks just to see how dull it all gets. And I'm, I'm fearful for a lot of businesses that are connected, yeah. not just with football, but across the country. You know, this is this is going to be really tough. I would hate to be in the airline business right now or anything yeah. connected oh, with tourism. Goodness. Well... Uh, that's that's a big concern and obviously i mean i'm i'm self-employed but i i mean i design websites so i you know i should be all right and i i don't i don't think there'll be much effect on that i mean granted two of the websites that i'm currently doing at the moment are based on serviced accommodation uh so there's one uh sort of a there's a group of jeets in france that i'm uh doing some websites for at the moment also there's um a number of apartments in um in uh, down in Cornwall um and uh, you know they're probably going to be less likely to want to pay on time given that what's going on so I might have to be chasing them down on this but also people in the sports industry so chatting to Chris Temple the other day obviously we played a bit of his interview recently on the podcast the full interviews on YouTube he's a sports journalist and he his main employment is through sports whether it's you're being on the mic behind a you know for radio solent or whether it's uh doing stadium events you know there's people like him that are going to be kind of worrying as well so it's you know there's there's a lot of concerns about this virus isn't there and i think the paranoia stretches right the way down i mean i'm sure what with your glory in the recent six aside clips that i saw sam you know are you thinking about cancelling that i mean uh, you know what no, we're playing tonight. We are. We're playing tonight, and I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm tempted to live stream it just so just so people have got some football to look forward to. I, you know what? Yeah. Don't um, play it on slow mo though, like you did those clips. All right. Yeah. Slow mo. That was fast paced. My goodness. Yeah, we were we were a bit lax that night, but yeah, it's a good it's a good chance to have a kick around. And uh, yeah, I scored I scored four goals. I was uh yeah check check Twitter and have a look have a scroll back through the media timeline and uh, see my finishing. It's um it's not the best, but nor the yeah, defence. So I, I, I was reading a report this morning from um, uh, Alan Devonshire, the ex West Ham player, who's now manager of uh, Maidenhead. Mm. And they played their game because they're a National League team. So they Mm. played their match against Stockport yesterday. Mm. And he's got an 88-year-old mum. And he was saying, it's crazy that we're playing and I'm mixing with all these people because I've got an 88-year-old mum. And and you think, yeah, you know, he's got a point. You know, it's it's not just, why why should we just think about it being the Premier League? And and in fact, I'm I'm sure this week they're going to ban groups of more than 500. So the National League will get, you know kicked kicked out mm. too and if any any public gathering everybody's going to be super nervous about anything and uh yeah uh, it's it's worrying times and uh, i'm not quite sure what the route out of it is if i'm completely honest with you hopefully it'll be a bit clearer after the meetings this week but um let's look at it from a bournemouth perspective it, the players that we've had long-term injured or the players that have been just injured, like Steve Cook, well, it certainly gives them a chance, should the the league uh, complete later in the season, to get back a bit fitter, which would be great. So that plays to our advantage. Um, although, what was it Alex Storch said? You know, four years from now, it'll probably still be a few <laughs> days away from Lloyd Kelly making his, uh, making his debut. Um, yeah, that yeah. was a that was a great tweet, and there's there's been a lot of good humour uh, that's been you know going around on Twitter and on Facebook that I've you know that I've really enjoyed. Obviously, it's a very serious uh, you know, subject, but you know Britain does what it does best by uh, you know making light of various situations that we're in. So uh, yeah, interesting times ahead, I'm sure. So coming up in the show, you won't want to miss this. It's a Twitter event which is going to be all causing all sorts of arguments and opinion, I'm sure. But ultimately, there will be one winner. Do you wonder what I'm talking about? Well, all will be revealed soon. But first, on Wednesday night, I had the pleasure of going to the home of BDO World Darts Champion of 2015, Scott Mitchell. And it was a great opportunity to talk about his darting career as he slowly edges over to the PDC from the BDO. But, of course, there was also a great deal of cherry chat to be had. So we are here with local darts legend Scott Mitchell, of course, AFC Bournemouth fan. Scotty, how are you? 
I'm all good. I'm all good. Thanks and for coming to see me. You know, thank you very much for inviting us. And uh, world champion at the Lakeside in 2015. Um, I've been admiring many of your trophies here. So how are things going for you at the moment? I'm really good. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make a, a small transition, mm. which is rather big from, from uh, the BDO to the PDC at the moment, which uh, I didn't quite make. So I'm sort of halfway half, so I can play mm. in both. So... I've got the best of both worlds for a year, but it makes for a busy year. Yeah, I, I did come and see you. I tried to you very briefly once at the Vitality, and that was um, where you were toying with it at the time. Um, but maybe recent events have perhaps guided you to take the stance you're taking at the moment, because the World Championships this year obviously moved from Lakeside to the Indigo 02. What were your thoughts on it? Uh, do you know, I love the venue. I, I played really well there, lost in the semi-finals, and uh, you know, I thought I was going to be a, a Scotty two-star at one point but um yeah I mean I really enjoyed the venue but obviously things were going on behind the scenes that we didn't know about at the time and and they haven't sort of really come out until after and so you know everybody's more knowledgeable about the situation yeah. than we were so um rather than stand there and, and moan about it I've never been one of those mm. to do that so it's time to try something new and 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 if one door shuts another door opens someone was saying that the stage is actually a really good you know setup and you know very similar it's quite intimate but obviously your ticket sales weren't as high as they you know were going to be but still on tv at least it you know it seemed to sort of come across quite well it did i think every, everybody tried their damnedest to get the tickets sold from the players to the to, to the organizers but we did we did swap at the last minute and, and lakeside's such an iconic venue people go to lakeside because it's lakeside mm. so uh you know we've all watched it since we were kids and, and watched the legends play there so um it's a very strange place and it's a very strange thing to try and get that atmosphere and a new place yeah. in, in one year it's not going to happen mm. so um you know it was a case of going there doing the best that you could and unfortunately the train times didn't mm. work with the the game times and uh so you know some people were playing on last with 24 yeah. people watching them because the trains had already left and the last train had gone so you know everybody's wiser hopefully mm. that they can sort that out but uh you know, we'll see where we are at the end of the year. Was it also a bit of a problem because obviously at Lakeside people could stay in the area or there, whereas obviously in London it's more expensive and you'd have people staying for the whole week usually for the World Championships at Frimley Green? Yeah, I think that was part of the problem. I think, I think with Frimley you just turn up, you can park your car up and drive up for the day and you go in, there's no parking charges. I mean, I was getting charged like 14 quid a day to park at the hotel. <laughs> yeah, and I'd already, yeah, absolutely right. And yeah, what what a year to have a run. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but, but you know, it's one of those things. It's just, you know, new things and, and, and things change. So um, I'm, I'm sure that hopefully it will go well for him. And um, next year, you know, everybody will know a little bit more and, and we'll see where it goes. So um, I'm clued up relatively with darts, but not so much. But you entered Q school, um, didn't you? weren't quite successful with that. But as no. a result, you can go on the challenge tour. Yes, which, which is second, the tour. And you're second in the order of merit there. Oh, number one at the moment. Oh, you're number one at the moment. Yeah, I'm number so. one. So I had the disappointment of going. So so I came out of, of um, the O2. Yeah. I lost in the, in the semi-final on the Saturday. So we drove home on the Sunday. And then on the Tuesday, I was playing at Q School. Yeah. Uh, on the Thursday, sorry, I was playing at Q School. Was that Wigan? Uh, is up it? in so, Wigan. Yeah, yeah. So I'd had three days to get over losing, drive myself to Wigan. Um, I think that took its toll on me, but I, I topped the averages for the whole week. Mm. I just didn't get a card. Yeah. So I didn't want well, that, didn't play bad. It, it just didn't go for me. So um, I came home, sorted out my diary on the Monday morning, said, right, this is where I need to go, do BDO ones, WDF mm. ones, and, and, and the challenge tour. Following week was the challenge tour, so yeah. I went back up to Wigan. Sort of like, so I came home from Wigan on the Monday morning, uh, and then uh, back up there on oh, the Thursday goodness. to play in the challenge tour. And I won the first challenge tour, which mm. then puts me in a position as number one in the challenge tour. If somebody's missing from the pro tour, yeah, uh, Kyle Anderson was stuck in Australia, so he missed the first two pro tours, and they come to the number one in the challenge tour to yeah. go get promoted. And so, you filled the gap for each and every player championship, yeah. including this weekend coming up in Barnsley. This weekend, well. I've been invited again. So yeah, so it's been a really good period to be number one. And this in the is challenge a, tour. This is a route through to Ali Pally, isn't it? It is. Yeah, the top two go to Ali Pally at cool. the end of um, challenge tour. Uh, I can qualify for Ali Pally as well through the Pro Tour rankings. Yeah. If I go well enough, you know, I'm I'm playing with 128 yeah, brilliant yeah. guys. It's not yeah. just. Uh, it's it's mind blowing. It's 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 brutal. It's absolutely brutal. But in the challenge tour, there's players such as Andrew Gilding, um, Kevin Painter. Kevin Payne. There's 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 absolutely. Names in there. you, you know, there's no there's nowhere to hide. Yeah. And and they've got a great system with a scoring system called Darts Connect, and uh, everybody knows what you're doing. So yeah. you can't even lie about what you're doing. You know, everybody knows what you're doing. 
I was, following, well, I was following one of your matches on Dark Connect and you see it all come through. It's like, oh, hello, you know. It's a, but so, yeah, there is a route through to Ali Pali. Um, yeah. What else can you do given the position that you're in at the moment? Um, I think I can I can uh, obviously still qualify for the, 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 the BDO Worlds at the end of the year. Um, I'm hearing that the WDF, which is another federation, are going to do a couple of TV tournaments at the end of the year. Brilliant. So if I don't qualify for the stuff with the PDC, then there's other stuff that I can be in. So yeah. Um, but it's just going to be a tough year trying to qualify for it all. It'll be darts, darts, darts. So, so you could be in two world championships at the end of the year. I think you have to choose one or the other. Oh, I, don't, I don't think Uncle Barry no. lets us do two. No. So, um, yeah, you know, you'd, you'd have to pick which one you want to do. But at the moment, I'm till April, I'm concentrating on the Pro Tours and trying to get as many points as I can and try and get myself as high up the Pro Tour rankings as I can. And I think I was sat at number 32 at the moment, Yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is a hell of an achievement, really, for... For such a short time, I only haven't been over five or six weeks. Yeah. So, given the um, issues with um, prize money with the BDO in the last world, I mean, would it be safe to say that you'd be maybe eking towards the Ali Pally if you had the choice? I probably would. Yes, I mean, you you, you don't commit yourself to go to Q School to to, yeah. to play the Challenge Tour. You, I went to Q School to try and get a card and try and get to Ali Pally. So, yeah. Um, while there's a, a glimmer of hope of that, that that's obviously going to be the priority. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Well, um, it sounds like you're doing amazing now. Obviously, you're an AC Bournemouth fan. Um, and we've got a little bit of a challenge for you, Scotty. We have, we're going to ask you a series of questions and um, you may or may not know the answer. Well, you know, some of them are going to be your own opinions and there are going to be right, some okay. that are going to be trivia questions, which if you know the answers to them, fair play. Um, and we're going to ask you to throw that number if that makes any sense. Okay. I thought of this last night. Even, I was very even sleepy. Even if I get a, a number in my head, I can't guarantee I'm going to hit what you no. maybe hit, but we'll, we'll do my best. I'll do my best. So here we go. This is going to be the first one. Right. Um, if you want to stand at the hockey, and I'll ask you this question. So Frey FC Bournemouth, can you throw the number of the position that you think we're going to finish in this season? There you go. Right, you might want to get up to you know close to the dartboard here, then, Steve. So here we go. Where are we going to finish? Please don't go eighteen, ninety, or twenty. Seventeen. There we go. That will be enough for me. Not bad at all. So, what what do you think's gone wrong for FC Bournemouth this season? I think it's the injuries. Mm. I think it's the injuries. I think um, all the guys are great footballers, and and sometimes Eddie's had to put square pegs in round holes and, yeah. and I don't think any, any club can get away with that in any league mm. but the Premier League you cannot get away with that Yeah. so uh, but I think the lads are just trying and trying and trying you can you know we've been to games and we've seen it you know mm. it's not for the lack of effort it really yeah. isn't it, we've been unlucky we've been VAR'd how many yeah, times yeah. And oh. I know nobody wants to mention VAR it's just we just haven't had the rub of the green mm. this year you know those last minute goals against Liverpool oh, wow. at home that we've had in previous that just hasn't happened for us this time no. round part of me wonders you know do they try to even it out intentionally because obviously at Liverpool we got the benefit of the doubt where Callum Wilson shoved you know Joe Gomez and everyone in the media seemed to say it was a, a foul but we got given it you know part of me thinks is it a way for the Premier League or the IFAB or whoever it is to sort of even decisions out but I don't know. I don't think Callum shoved Joe no, Gomez well I don't think so it was I just a bit of strength, that happened to me on a Sunday morning right yeah. And I'm and I'm defending that. What the my players have done to me to be allowed me to shoved off the ball <laughs> yeah, that, I know. by by somebody as small as Cat. No, on. exactly. You know no. what I mean? I, I there's, there's got to be some normality to this at some point. Yeah. Is this filtering down to Sunday morning football? I'm lucky I'm playing darts at the moment, so I don't get to Sunday morning footballs <laughs> in the BFA. But I used to ref. I, I did about yeah. 50 games in the ref. And if I'm having to make decisions on that, I'm yeah. never going to carry on refing. Yeah. You, no, you that's wouldn't it. do it. it if it if it eats its way down, you're never going to get them. No, that's it. Okay, so next question then. Um, recently we've uh, started to show a little bit more attacking flair um, but we're still lacking with being clinical up front I, I think um, this season so far we've scored 29 goals um, but how many had we scored at the same stage last season this is this is a very difficult one have a guess um, it's got to have been more yeah it was definitely so more so I'm going to I'm going to guess we're on 29 now mm. I'm going to guess 41 41 39. Um, well, Scott, you've gone for 39. Was that a last minute change your mind? Yeah, no, I went for a three there. And I, was gonna, <laughs> I, I may was have told you a... the answer, but it, it, like, it was actually 39. Um... I, was, I was actually going for a clever way of doing 41 with three darts, <laughs> oh, and I messed it up. So, well, yeah. I'm glad you stopped short, because, yeah, um, 39 is um, what it was. And what do you think has caused the difference? Um, you know, in darts, 
mentality plays a huge part, doesn't it? And now we're playing with pretty much the same players. There are a few new additions, but say three, four months ago, we couldn't hit a barn door and, you know, team psyche and the mentality of the players seem to be so much more different than what it is now. I think with darts, I think I think football and darts are very similar in that way. You, you've got to basically better your opponents. If you're mm. the centre-back and you're Mark and Jamie Vardy or somebody, you know you've got a tough day, but you've mm. not got to let them get the better of you. Yeah. And darts is exactly the same. Mm. So when they're going 140, you've got to go, oh, mm. that's what you want it today, is it? I'm coming with you. And, and I think that has to be the mentality of players, surely. Yeah. You've got to win. Each player's got to win his individual battle for the team to win, surely. Yeah, yeah. No, agreed. So, I mean, you, you know, when you're throwing... Um, I know you're you're trying to focus on hitting there, you know, one two one or one hundred or you know whatever it is. Um, do you ever are you ever thinking ahead or are you ever thinking sort of other yeah, things? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you no, know, I, things must get into your head throughout the you know. Whole you can game. do there. There's there are times at periods in the game where somebody does something that can get into your head and put you off or whatever. But I'm I'm thinking like three throws out when I'm sat on three hundred and seven. Yeah. I want to be out. I want to be out in nine darts. So mm. I, I know that I need a 100, 100, and 107 shot out or a 180 and make mm. life easy for yourself. So you're kind of concentrating on yourself rather mm. than the other player. Because once you start to concentrate on the other player, you, you, you've you had it. Because mm. all of a sudden you're thinking, he's at a 140, I've got to hit one, I've got to hit one. You'll never hit one. So, I mean, would playing someone like Gerwin Price, would he get into your head? Because uh, obviously he's very much all about the reaction. I think the situation gets into your head. Because of the situation that I've been in, I've, mm. I've not played those players that have been so star-studded on the TV, mm. on TV, yeah. or on live stream. So I, I had the situation, my first ever pro tour, I played Michael Van Gerwen. Yeah. And I was like, I couldn't believe this. How's yeah. this going? I'm thinking he's going to absolutely hammer me. Yeah. And I actually won the first leg hitting a double one. Yeah, wow. the same as I would in my Monday night league yeah. in Wimborne. <laughs> so, so, um, um, and and I had two legs that game, and he beat me six two, and yeah. I shot a one seventy. So I shot the highest shot out in that leg, yeah. and end game, and I shot the lowest shot out, and that was the only two legs I had. Yeah. Now you wouldn't have ever thought you'd get away with that. So sometimes you can put a situation in your head and think it's going to be harder than it actually Ooh. is. And other days it is as hard as you think it is. Yeah. So yeah, mentality. I mean, I'm sure it must, you know, play a factor. And uh, but I, they seem to have the, you know, good mentality at the moment as they're going into these last nine games, aren't they? How many good? For, yeah, they need to. I think. I think there's a positive feel from the fans at the moment. Mm, I don't yeah. think we feel that we're no in that three three teams that don't, need to go. We, we're not. So. We're not ready to go. And it's weird when we were 14th, 15th when we were on this sort of decline. There were people saying, you know, Eddie out. No, but even though we're in 18th, not you know. A more perilous position. People can see that team performances are improving. No one's saying that at all now. Um, and I think, you know, team mentality has improved so well, much. Well, I think the players are coming back as well. I think the fitness of the players yeah. is happening and the players are coming back. Uh, I see Brooksy's in training this week. Yeah, and yeah. That's only going to be good. So um, I think the man knows what he's doing. Mm. Good. In Eddie, we trust. In Eddie, we trust. Everybody trusts Eddie. Yeah. So it's really good to have a number of players coming back, um, as you say. Um, but who is your favourite player for AFC Bournemouth? Do you want to throw the number, the squad number of the player that you uh, most okay. like for AFC Bournemouth? The, the reason being is because I think he's had chances to go and he's stayed and he's kept staying. And, and yeah, he's had a few injuries with us and we've stuck by him too. But okay. um, it's it's probably this fella. 13. Yes. And uh, he's, he's showing a little bit more form recently, isn't he? Yeah, he's looking. He, he's, I think sometimes he's been a little bit isolated, mm. um, and you know, there's there's, there's a few um, big meaty defenders that that can, like I say, shove you off the ball. Mm, and yeah. uh, I, I think that the systems that we've had to play and change to be, with a few injuries that we've added has not helped him. Mm. I don't think. But um, yeah, he, there's, there's not too many better than him when he's when he's feeling it and he's right on it, and he's, he's definitely showing signs of, of of coming back to that. And yeah, um, yeah, you know, we're we're uh, like I say, this this goal at this goal against Liverpool, Ooh. that could be the start for him. He was out of form for quite a bit, but you know, maybe in terms of Gareth Southgate in Euro 2020, if it goes ahead after everything that's going on, yeah, who yeah, knows? Who knows? Um, do you think he's a shoe in to be picked for? I would take him. Squad? I would always take him. Um, but you know, Vardy's had a run that he didn't yeah. score any. I know everybody has that run. You know, yeah. at some point in their careers, they have that. So um, it, it's it's a bit harsh. And and like I say, I think that I think he'll be fine. Mm. I think he'll be fine. Well, I, I wouldn't want to mark him anyway. No, well, I mean, Harry Kane's coming back from injury now. I don't know how long it's going to take for him to be back and fully fit. Who knows? So that may be more pressure on him. As you say, Vardy's kind of ruled himself out of international football, but I would love to take someone like that as well. But you know, Danny Ings up the road has got a bit of a shout. But yeah, so Callum Wilson, um, he's your favourite player for AC Bournemouth. Yeah, mine, I'd go for David Brooks. And it's great to see 
him, Dan Juma coming back. Um, yes, definitely. That's going to do wonders for the squad mentality, isn't it? As the it season is, yeah. closes. Uh, Jefferson works so hard. Oh, amazing. He's just like on the go all the time. I, I, you look at it and go, we can't, I can't believe where we are. Mm, mm. I can't believe where we are. You know, it's just we just haven't had the run. Do you think that you, we've almost been uh, we've been a team lesser than the sum of our parts over the course of this season? Because individually, um, I don't know I think... whether we've been lesser. I don't, I don't know whether we've overexcelled in years before. That could, seasons before that could yeah. be the, the, the one of the things. You know, like I said, these last minute goals and last things that have turned three points from draws. Mm probably sat us in a position maybe sort of six, eight points higher than, we, than we've been. And, and if we'd had that this season, yeah, we wouldn't be worrying now, would we? No, that's it. Well, Scott, it's been fantastic to talk to you. Really, really appreciate it. And um, yeah, good luck with everything you're doing in the PDC and also, you know, the BDO stuff as well, the WDF, like everything that you're doing. Um, great to have a local, uh, you know, darting hero that is, uh, you know, in the media limelight. And fingers crossed, I'd love to see you at Ali Pally. So yeah, it was a absolute pleasure to meet Scott Mitchell. If you want to see the full video of that, go to the YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com forward slash AFCB podcast to see the full 25 minute video of Scott throwing a few darts. And plus you can have a brief glimpse around his room laden with medals and trophies. Just search Back of the Net on YouTube. Hi, I'm Scott Mitchell. I was a 2015 BDO World Champion and you're listening to the podcast Back of the Net. So, AFC Bournemouth will not have a competitive match until at least April the 4th and there's no EFL football to sink our teeth into either and even some of the pub stuff down the park has been called off as well. So, what are we going to do with ourselves over the next few weeks? Well, I know. It's time for a Richard Osman-style Twitter World Cup. Um, Jeff, have you seen those? I have, yeah. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, they are. So um, they're usually fundraisers that he does on Twitter for like comic relief and children in need. And it's where he puts out a series of Twitter opinion polls to declare what is the best in a number of different niches. So he's had the World Cup of ice cream, (laughs) the World Cup of biscuits, the World Cup of crisps. And now for us on Back of the Net, we're going to be running the World Cup of Cherries Goals in brackets, Premier League edition. We don't know how many of these we might need to do to fill the time. So yeah, it's the World Cup of Cherries Goals. That's right, it's going to be a biggie. So in November on Twitter, we put out a tweet asking our followers for their favourite five Premier League goals since the start of the 2015-16 season. At the time, I didn't say what it was for, but we just wanted to get a list together. We've also been asking people that have come up to us for post-match interviews. We've sent WhatsApps, private messages, forum posts, which have aimed to put together a list of the best and most accurate, comprehensive list of people's favourite Cherries goals from the Premier League era. Now, obviously, there are goals that have been picked because they are aesthetically pleasing. Um, There are moments where we've scored and the goal itself particularly hasn't been easy on the eye, but it's meant a lot to AFC Bournemouth fans and players. Therefore, it's difficult to weigh up which goals to include, given that there have been some absolutely huge moments for AFC Bournemouth in the Premier League that have seen us overcome teams like Chelsea, Arsenal and Liverpool. But the goals themselves may have been a little bit scrappy. On the other hand, we have scored some absolute wonder goals in matches that sometimes have not really meant a lot or even losses as well. But we've been working hard to create that definitive list of Premier League goals. Now, in total, we received 40 goals. Now, being a World Cup, Jeff, we're going to have to whittle that down to 32. Mm. Um, Yesterday, I spoke to a number of people via WhatsApp and via Twitter and direct messages where we've all come to the agreement of the ones that we're going to cut from the 40 
Okay. So here's how it works. We've got eight groups of four goals. Over the next eight days on Twitter, we're going to put out a daily opinion poll at 9am that lasts until midnight that day. Each goal is going to be accompanied by a YouTube clip with said goal and you have to vote for your favourite one. Now, just like the World Cup, the top two teams or goals in each group will go through to the round of 16. Now, obviously... The Premier League has seen some absolutely barnstorming goals. Jeff, if you had to pluck your favourite out of the air, which one would you say? I'd have to be Callum Wilson's third goal against Southampton this season. Oh! I mean, just delightful in so many ways, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Does that make it? Well, you will find out as you as you listen on. Um, therefore, um, because of these barnstorming goals, there are, there's actually been a, uni- a unanimous decision to seed eight of the goals so they don't meet each other in the group stages. And they were decided unanimously by our panel. When I say panel, I'm just sending like whatsapps and twitter messages and just confirming that people of all of agreement um also the cutthroat nature of this competition means that there's bound to be a group of death as well i'm absolutely sure um so and there'll also be groups that are easier to decide than others um so there are eight goals that we've seeded and i'm going to read you out these jeff and see what you think about these ones okay go on so Matt Ritchie, home against Sunderland. Ooh, I remember that one. What a juicy, what a cracking. juicy cracking strike. Yes. Wasn't it? It was, it was partially cleared by Sunderland and he chested it down. It fell nicely onto his left foot. It was almost mm. the outside of his left foot and it curled into the top left corner. I don't Pick, think the... Pickford in goal, was he, for that I thought, one? Oh, I think it might have been. I don't actually think the angles yeah. that day gave mm. it justice because sometimes goals at Dean Court don't look as good as they would at other stadiums just because mm. of the lowness of the camera but um, anyway that was a cracking goal another Beach. one that yeah. seeded was Adam Smith's against Everton in our three-all draw oh yeah that was when what we were 3-1 down with the last yeah, that's few right. minutes weren't we yeah no that was a cracker like that it was um, such a yeah top left-hand corner absolutely superb strike another one uh, that got seeded this was more for emotion than the actual aestheticness of the uh, strike. Glenn Murray at Chelsea. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember when that goal went in, it was, I think I punched through, I was in a cab at the time and I punched through the uh, ceiling of the cab at the time. Yeah. It was very emotional. It it obviously wasn't anything to look at. Charlie Daniels and him were going for the same header. Uh, but, that, you know, that's another one that's uh, got seeded, as has Nathan Ake's against Liverpool in that 4-3 win. Obviously, it was, uh, you know, a spill from Carrius, but he was in the right place at the right time. He always seems to do that, Ake, doesn't he? Yeah, no, that was fantastic. I'll have that one. Yeah, um, another one. Harry Wilson against Man City. Not, not a bad free kick, Jeff. Not bad, no. I mean, you know, top corner. Could he hit it any better? That was that was that was brilliant. Had he hit that it any more um, towards the sides, it would have it would have hit the bar and gone out, or, or hit the post yeah. and gone out. So, um, another one, which um, a great goal, Jermaine Defoe's at Crystal Palace. Oh, one of my I personal favourites. Yeah, that Outstanding. one. It, you know, I I looked at that and I think that you know, there's nothing he can do here because yeah. it looked like the ball was going out, and then to lob. Yeah. At that angle as well. Ridiculous. Um, Callum Wilson against West Ham away. That solo dribble yeah, from the halfway no, line. Brilliant goal. Brilliant goal. Yes. Very good. And there's one more. Uh, a certain Mr Charlie Daniels wonder strike against Manchester, Manchester City. City home. Yeah. I was going to say, where is that one? Because yeah. that is an absolute peach. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Hang on. The- hang on. What, about, what about Jeff Lermers against Palace? Have you not got that one in there? It's in the 32, but it's not been seeded. Um, okay. And this was a unanimous agreement. So, yeah, I'm sure that will probably make it through on quality as a... Um, but, you know, whether it will win the group or not, I don't know. But you'd think it would come second. He's. I mean, corner routines as well, Sam. Come on, we've got some fantastic corner routines coming. Aston Villa away, yeah. Steve Cook, uh, yeah. Harry Wilson, Newcastle. It's been a few, haven't there? Um, I, and breakaway, you... breakaway goals, come yeah. on. Uh, there's a lot to consider. So every day there will be a preview video of each of the groups. Um, So uh, there's one online at the moment with Mr. Tiggs and it's just a sort of five minute video and we go through the goals in group A and there's going to be a different AFCB fan each day uh, just to do Skype interviews, just do a quick five minute Skype just to go over the group and see what we think is going to happen. We'll upload the video at 8am. The poll goes live at 9am. The results will be determined by midnight. Um, 
the, the group stages will take us through until the 23rd of March, at which point we'll go straight on to the round of 16, where there'll be two polls a day. Next will be the quarterfinals, obviously the semis. Not going to do a third, fourth place playoff. No, no need for Waste that. Time, yeah. And then the final is going to be on the last day of the month. So it's going to be a big one. Jeff, have you got your money on any uh, particular goals uh, at the moment? Yeah, but can can I reveal? Uh, well, actually, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should keep my powder dry. But I, yeah. I, I mean, I do have a very um, a very soft spot for that Charlie Daniels goal against Manchester yeah. City. That is a that was a belter, and and City at that time were unbelievable. So yeah, yeah. I, I was in um, for that goal. I was in Bali. I was on holiday in Bali. And uh, I was trying to find because they're like they're very big with their Aussie rules over in Bali because it's relatively near Australia and there's loads of Australians over there, and um, they were showing some Aussie rules match and I was just looking you know who's showing the Bournemouth Man City match it was about eight o'clock in the evening, nowhere seemed to be showing it and then I found some little bar that said Bournemouth v Man City no screens were on and they basically opened the upstairs this dark room upstairs little TV in the corner and there was me watching it. Then some lad and his uh, his girlfriend sits next to me. Um, and, you know, they didn't really say anything at all to me. And then when Charlie Daniels scored that goal, I leapt off my seat, roared. And then he said, oh, I take it you're a Bournemouth fan then, are you? I was like, oh, here we go, here we go. So, yeah, I was having some banter with this uh, couple from Manchester um, for the rest of the game. And then, obviously, it ended in the worst possible way with Raheem Sterling scoring that goal. And I think he got sent off as well in that same game for... For over-celebrating, over-celebrating or something but yeah that's I'm sure that's going to be up there but so many good goals so yeah get on Twitter twitter.com slash AFCB podcast and uh, yeah if you join Twitter just search back of the net Bournemouth and there uh, should be a good one so Jeff thank you very much for your help in launching the World Cup of Cherries goals open brackets Premier League edition close bracket <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, Sam, there's, there's got to be a VAR edition somewhere down the line from this season, isn't <laughs> Yeah, yeah, VAR comes in, it'll make us wait a few weeks and then uh, we'll have the decision and we'll still be months away from actually watching proper football. So, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, Jeff, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Good to be on, Sam. Thanks very much. And, uh, yeah, keep busy, won't you? Yeah, well, I, will, I certainly will do. Now, uh, remember, if uh, you enjoy the podcast, do leave us a review. Uh, you can do it via your podcast app. And also, if you want to buy us a coffee, you can do so. It's all on the Twitter link. But for now, thank you for listening to Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Richie. Maybe on Walker. Pew. Pew! That'll do it! That will do it! Pew for Bournemouth! The roof of the gold sands is raised! Everyone here knows what that could mean to this football club. Podcast Network.